When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bro, <laughs> you just brought. Oh my God, I must have. Supp- I must have clearly suppressed all these memories because now you just PTSD. brought. Back- I'm starting to sweat. I'm really starting to sweat. Jim Brewer. 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 Yeah, are we recording? No, right? We are, yes. Oh, okay, cool. So, I'm going to... A, a, a friend of mine, and I just went to Michigan with him and visited their house. He's a huge Judas Priest fan. I'm a huge Judas Priest fan, and I I want to catch them one more time. I was going to go see Judas Priest in Dublin, Ireland, and then I can't because of shows. So now I decided I'm going to go um to see them in germany and i'm sh- i'm i'm zoning in on march 27th in germany and it was supposed to be like just the guys just four of us guys you're whoever's into judas priest so it's like mm-hmm. me uh probably um my friend greg Rob Caggiano wants to go. Rob Caggiano was in Volbeat and Anthrax. And all these guys. He's a great friend. And he, he worked on my record, the um, songs in the garage, and one or two others. And we want to go see, fly in, go do the German thing, fly back out. Um, Greg's wife's like, well, I want to, you know, I want to see germany and and stay there for a while instead of just zoning in back and forth i'm like mm-hmm. well, this, uh, and i'm like i don't so i, t- I asked my wife like do you want to do you want to go she's like no not in march i do not want to be cold we live in florida to be warm when i agree with you and we don't she's like well it's really the beginning of april uh, two weeks in April. I'm like, I don't. So if anyone's out there and you tell me somewhere to see in Europe, that's that's warm in March. Uh, actually, the first two weeks in April. Let me know. And all I could think about was maybe Switzerland or Austria. Um, someone said parts of Spain. I know a lot of my listeners are like, listen to you, dude. Spain is amazing. You been? Oh, dude, I've been to Madrid, Barcelona, Costa del Sol. It's amazing over there. Highly recommend. Really? Yeah. Really? Highly recommend. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I was I there didn't... when I was uh, 16. Wow. Yeah. You, you went with family or? No, it was a class trip in my Spanish class. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I saw the Canary Islands. Is that? I don't know my geography. Is Canary Islands part of spain you're asking the wrong person (laughs) okay well at least at least we established that yeah that mike and i are not great at geography i mean i can vaguely point in the direction that's about all i got but it's over there i also yeah it's over there i also saw canary islands where to me i'd much rather do that because it seems warmer and now i'm full-blown into the scuba diving thing which mike of course uh yeah 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 was was on that path but can't dude it's okay i don't feel bad you bugged out it's all good Shit don't worry about it in that literally literally so don't worry about it um so we got a comedian on today that i can't wait to talk to with uh and how you been mike i've been good dude i've been really good actually digging really? this change of weather man i'm really loving it oh man and Florida right now, I mean, we're hitting 70, 75, 80 during the day, cooling. I woke up this morning, I had a sweatshirt. It was amazing. It was, it was beautiful out. This is, this is why you love Florida, especially from October 
all the way to May. It's just, you can't beat the, the weather's incredible. Um, yeah. And I took, I took some time off. I was up, I was in a cabin in Tennessee. I was in a cabin in Michigan, kind of rebooting. I did, uh, two shows. I did Deltona, Florida. I did Dundin, as you called it once. Can we get my tour dates? There we go. The Stanley Utica. It's a really big theater. Uh, I'd like to see more people hopefully showing up to that. Old Citybrook sold out. Buffalo, New York, still got tickets. Cleveland. So Cleveland, Buffalo. Where you at, people? Where you at? Because I may not come back for a long time. Just let you know. Um, and there's still some tickets for that first Pottstown show. Cincinnati's almost done. So this is all coming up on this cool run with uh, Joe Sib. Who can we get Joe go Joe on the line real quick? I'll call. Yeah, yeah hold on. Because he's like, make sure. I'm like, dude, don't, don't. Here, let me, Joe Sib. Boom. Okay. And then it's a hot face. We got to get, Hey Joe, what's up, man? Hey buddy. Hey, so, um, I'm on the podcast. So are you recording right now, dude? Am I live? Yeah. Damn. Strong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, every, a lot of people loved your, uh, your buddy that you turned the show onto the scientist, that guy. Him. Yeah, man. Everyone's, everyone's talking about him. So in a very positive light. So that's, thank you. He'll be stoked. Yeah, Kim's the best. Uh, he's yeah, he's a great dude. And uh, yeah, he the thing that that was great that all came from just me and him having coffee and him just talking one day. And I was like, "You got to meet Brewer, dude. You're like, you two are gonna go nuts together." He's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so stoked that got hooked up." Yeah, and he's very. So I was even thinking maybe we should do. Should we invite him on the road for a show or two, or or a oh couple? Oh my god, he'd be so. Oh, do you think he'd be able to do that? Three kids. Dude, he's got three kids. He is in it. You remember when you were oh. in it? He is, dude. Oh, so maybe sometimes he can't I really see him. Yeah. Sometimes I see him and he just looks so tired. Just like, okay. And <laughs> he would, he would love to go. I mean, I'll ask him, man. That'd be killer. I, oh, cause I, if he's got three kids, you think he's able to travel? Dude, let's put it this way. He's going to make it able. He's going to make it so he's able to travel. He's going he's gonna to figure it out. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. No, no. He's, he, he's, uh, he would love it. Especially if we did that November run. Don't We're coming through California, so there's a night off. I think like we have like – I think that's like a Tuesday or something. Maybe like we could swing through and like maybe do – like because he's on the West Coast. Maybe he comes with us out there. Well, yeah. We got um, – Monday night is at Tony Roman's place. That uh, yeah. the Italian restaurant. Yeah. Then Tuesday we're off. Then Wednesday we head to Northern California, um, and all that jazz. All right. Maybe let's try to do something on that Tuesday. I'll see you in Syracuse late. Later, Joe. Um, cool. Uh, by the way, you know who I'm trying to get? Who? Matt Rife oh, on the show, dude. He, he's so funny. <laughs> This kid is so funny, and I started following him a little over a year ago. And the kid's a rock star. He's a rock star. Yeah, he's crushing it. He's like arena guy. This kid, and you know what? What I love about guys like Matt Reif, not only is he funny, he's a young dude. Um, he just he he seems to still have his head together. I love guys like this. I love guys like this he's fun I, I, it's and the, the chicks go bonkers over him i'd love to pick his brain and see if that's a cool thing but he's playing here in naples it has to be a past contract that he's that he's being a professional and he's doing with because no offense to brian uh who who runs off the hook comedy club here in naples uh, who redid the whole place the place looks incredible i'll be there in november it's sold out my apologies but He's doing four nights. And I was like, Brian, you better, you better get super security when this kid Matt Reif shows up because they're gonna be in the parking lot. I, I understand they're reselling tickets for over a thousand dollars 
a ticket to see this kid. It's it. I, I, I'd love to get him on the show. I, I totally understand if he's like, dude, I ain't got time. Dude, I'm not interested. I'm not a Brewer fan. I get it, but I'd love to be able to get him on. Um, and we'll see. And we're going to reach out. Margo's going to reach out and we'll see, you know, we'll see what he says. And I have no, you know, if he's no, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I totally get it. No ego here, Matt. It's all good, but I'd love to have you here. All right. With that said, um, I'm getting ready to go on the road, getting ready to do a bunch of shows. And uh, it's a pleasure to bring on also a very funny guy. You could see him too. He's got specials out. I, uh, I am going to say some things tonight that by the end of the show are probably going to offend everybody here. I want you to remember that. <laughs> you can go to his website. Uh, please welcome Mr. Dan Cummins to the show. What's up, Danny? Hello. How's it How going? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. What's it like in your world? We're, hey, you've been you've been doing this a while, no? I have. I have. I started, uh, well, open mic and stuff back in 2000. You started 2000. Where, where, where did you... Um... Where was your home? Is that when? Is that where were you at? Let me start with that. I was in Spokane, Washington. Is where I started. Whoa! What club would they did they have out there? They didn't have really any club. They had a kind of like a little weekend room where they used local openers and uh, some out of town headliner. But it was just a, called the Season Ticket. It was a sports bar. It was like the corner of a sports bar. They had an open mic. <laughs> And that is that is such a I remember those days. You're just, you know, Sinatra sings. If you can make it there, you can make if you as a comic, when you start off in those sports bars and and it's like, listen, on Wednesday night is ladies night, but we're also doing stand up. Like, oh, God, it's all right. I'll do the time. Yeah, I'll do the time. Yeah. So that's where you God. And then when the trouble runs, what's that? It was that and Tribble Runs. This guy, David Tribble, booked the, the roughest bars imaginable in, like, the Pacific Northwest. And, yeah, no, it's all kinds of shows where you're, you know, they don't even turn off the TV or ask people to stop playing pool while the show is going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was insane. Are you still out on the West Coast? Yeah, I was down in L.A. for a while, and then um, just for uh, kind of kid reasons, moved back to the Northwest where I'm from. Uh, I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho now. Oh, my God. I love it there. What What made you – that's like that's like middle of nowhere. That's a big – isn't there a big yes. – That's is that the lake? There's a huge lake there, mm -hmm. no? Are yeah, you on the lake? lake? Yeah, Lake Coeur, Coeur d'Alene. Uh, we have a slip, uh, so we got a boat on the lake, which is uh, – yeah, it's awesome. In the summers, it's – yeah, skiing in the winters and – yeah, boating in the summers. Yeah, it's beautiful here. What made you, Dan? What made you go to to there? That is so. That is such an uncomedian thing to do. I love <laughs> this. No, it was just uh, my kids. Just my my ex wife lives in uh, Spokane, and it was they were going back and forth between L.A. and Spokane, and it was just um as they were starting to get into sports, it was just too much. Yeah, and so you know to make it easier on them, my wife and I just moved back to this area. Like Coeur d'Alene is like half an hour from Spokane. Uh, not too far. So we just like, you know, moved out here. Just, yeah, not, not work reasons, but it ended up weirdly working out. Like, uh, gave me a lot of time to focus on, on podcasting and I kind of have like a, a solo podcast and then one with my wife. And then luckily not long after we moved back, those took off and kind of gave me new life. So very unexpected. I, I thought my career was going to kind of shrivel up up here, but it worked out. You know, that's, I think that's the greatest thing for like guys are how old are you? How old I am 46 now. 46. Yeah. Like we're at that age where I, I I'm literally, I'm falling in love with the podcast more than touring. I love touring. Yeah. And I'm already looking at my tour for next year and I'm going, okay, okay. I'm not, all right. Well, I'm going to crush this thing. And then I already told the agent, don't book anything past the fall. August, end it. I don't know what I yeah. want to do. I want to develop this. I want to, I love that we have this opportunity. Now we have, yep. if you, if, if anyone told you this back in 2000, you probably would have uh, thought differently, but that that's the greatest thing to be in that position. So 
Absolutely. You, you started this podcast and then what what do you usually do on the I haven't I don't listen to anyone's podcast. So don't Oh no, I, I get it. No, I, no, no, no. I'm the same way. It's like mine I can't multitask that way. And if I'm working yeah. on my stuff, I can I can listen to music, but I can't listen to anything like talk based. It yeah. just my my brain won't focus. Yeah. I, uh I'm the yeah, same so it's, way. It's, 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 it's time suck. It's just um it's a solo one where I do a deep dive on one subject a week and it can be a cult. It can be a historical figure. It can be a, a you know, a serial killer. It can be just whatever, whatever is just interesting, whatever, like my, where my brain goes. So sometimes it's true crime. Sometimes it can be a, you know, um, an, an interesting historical event like world war two or whatever. And it's just something I want to like learn a lot about. And I just started kind of came up with a little formula where it's maybe subjects that uh would bore people sometimes but i try to put a comedic slant on it to make it interesting make it something that i could pay attention to right just, yeah luckily it just took off dude good for you man and so but you're doing still a lot of shows aren't you you know it's funny that you just said that about talking to your agent because i've been doing you know time suck takes a ton of research every week yeah. And then basically running a, a small business, we got like bonus content for subscribers. I got a paranormal podcast, my wife, and I was doing other podcasts, all this stuff. And then touring and then kids. And I just got really burnt out. And, and I just never had enough time to focus on the podcast business that allowed me to tour more. And so I just canceled. I had a 50 city theater tour lined up for next year after doing a smaller one this spring. And, you know, very excited about it in a normal situation but just so tired i was like you know what i gotta focus on the podcast for a little while recharge my batteries let's push it a year and it was so weird to do that where you work towards this goal for so many years and then you get it and you're like not not the right time but uh, i'm i'm so thankful that i can do something to make money for the family where i don't have to tour and and i and you know touring will be there hopefully later as long as we're funny it's they're always there as long as you're yeah. funny. And yeah. then you, you know, you get your following too. We just started doing, uh, we did our first live podcast and now I want to do nice. a whole bunch of more live podcasts. And that's another thing. Yeah. Like that, that's another whole dimension that turns into something different. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just, it starts opening all these doors where we never realized we had them. Uh, yeah. And I, I have, it's funny because guys like you and I, I embrace all of this. I embrace it. There's so many guys probably yeah. probably around our age and older that are very bitter and angry. 100%. Social media. Okay, now it's just a podcast show and comedy clubs. I'm like, well, what? Exactly. Their following yeah. is, I mean, figure something out. Either get funnier or like, I don't know what to tell you. What a, you just sit there and be angry because you think your jokes yeah. are better than the the kid who has no jokes, but he's crushing it and bringing in yeah. uh, ten thousand people a week. I, you know what? Do you, yep. Entertainment is entertainment. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. That, you know, and, and I was one of the. I was on the edge of being one of those guys right before I got into this podcast. I was like a purist. I was like, yeah, but like this person doesn't have. There's no structure to their jokes, and what are <laughs> they doing up there? No, it's like who cares. It's just entertainment. It's just it's, entertainment and you can do whatever you want. And if people like it, well, then you got a job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. They either listen to you or they don't listen to you. They either follow you yep. or they don't want to follow you or anything like that. Yep. So when would, so you're, you're chugging along in two thousands. Cause I, I love when people yeah. hear about other comics journeys. And so what, yeah. where does that lead to you then starting to, so you're at this little club and it's 2000 when did things start moving and grooving slowly do you start getting road Yo. gigs you got a manager mm -hmm. sniffing up your rear end how's this work <laughs> yeah i got like yeah i started doing those uh bar gigs because not that many people wanted to do them i had a dependable car i was like 23 years old yeah and i was willing to do any of those gigs and so i got a couple years of just grinding out a lot of one-nighters and uh then I got into some clubs in the Midwest. Dave Stroop took, Stroop. I, I got recommended yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. He liked me in Columbus. Yes. Gave me a lot of work. A guy named Gary Menke uh, in Florida gave me a bunch of work yes. down there. And then it was better stage time at these improvs and funny bones. And then Stroop recommended me to a manager in LA around 2004. Who is that? If you and, don't mind me asking. 
Oh yeah, he's. I don't think he's doing anywhere. He was Ron White's manager at that time. He was a guy named John McDonald, and at that time he was at Parallel Entertainment, which was the blue collar guys. Yes, dude. I may have made not me, but at that time I believe I was with Gersh. All right. Okay, with TJ and those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. I was with Rick. Rick uh, Greens, okay. Greenstein, who was amazing. He he was incredible. Um, and they reached out to me. I don't know if I told anyone this and they said, they're looking to do this, uh, this blue, blue collar, whatever they, whatever they were calling yeah. it. And, yeah, blue collar character. and I don't know if it was my manager at the time or whoever. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if you need this. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> and I went, I swear to God. And I went, well, I really like Jeff Foxworthy. And I love Dan Whitney, Larry the Gable Guy. I mean, I yeah. know him. I know yeah. him from Florida. Um, wow. They used to yeah. call him Dan Whitney, the freight train of comedy. And he was. We used to all line up to see him. Great guy. We'd go to Denny's afterwards. Phenomenal human yeah. being. And so, I remember. I remember going blue collar comedy tour. Wow, what a concept! That is so. And they're like, "Well, you're very blue collar." I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and. I'm not sure if they found Dan yet where they were talking about Dan, the Larry, the cowboy guy. Uh, and yeah, eventually they're like, do you mind if we pass on this? I, said, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, yeah we, we, we got a great tour lined up and we don't know if to, and then, <laughs> and you know what? I probably, you know, I always say things happen for a reason. And, yeah. and and what I always go is I ah you know what maybe I would have been maybe I would have been a moron if I blew up at that time again or maybe I would have you know I had three kids maybe I would end up getting yeah. a divorce and do something bad or maybe it's and it but I think about that I used to think about that a lot like oh yeah my God always listen to your instinct and not the business guy that's making decisions but yes. Wow, you just yeah. gave me you just gave me a whoo flashback. All right. So, <laughs> so now and and Stroop wow. is such a great guy. Yeah. I'm he runs that the the Funny Bone in Columbus, but he and then Funny Bone started opening all those other clubs. And they're yeah. and they're really well they're really well run. Those are great comedy. There's mm -hmm. only one I'm not a fan of, but that's the I won't mention the club, but there's only okay. one. There's, um, there's only one. I'm like, ah, I don't think you guys I think you need a new management there or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't played there in years, but yeah, Stroop is a great guy. So, all right. So now you're. What year are we talking now? Early two thousand. So like, yeah, that's like two thousand four, two thousand, and then right around that time, he uh, John then sends a tape of mine or has me, you know, put seven minutes on tape, and that gets me into Montreal and I do the. Fresh new faces, yeah, new faces at Just for Laughs, yeah. And 2005, I think, yeah, and that gets me like Comedy Central's Premium Blend and ah. uh, and and Ferguson at that time. Wait, so you did a you did a Comedy Blend because that whole half hour is dedicated? No, 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 wait, no, not Premium Blend. I'm sorry, Live at Gotham. It was just I, I was oh the year yeah yeah with Chris Mazzilli after Premium Blend died. Yeah, 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 yep. exactly, exactly. Another great guy. Yep. Yeah. I got. I can't even remember the own. Yeah, but it was like yeah, live at Gotham, and then, and then that I had a good set there. Just uh, well, probably like the best set of my life. It was just got got lucky, and that got. You weren't me, lucky. Uh, you crushed it, bro. But you know, like you know, like those things can kind of like you know coin toss as far as who shows up that night, and it happened to be people who were into what I was doing. Yeah, and then that got me a half hour uh, with Comedy Central, and then I kind of like around that time got into NACA doing all those college oh, gigs. Oh my God. I got, I, I, <laughs> that, I don't know how I do today. I don't know how I do today at NACA, yeah, but I, th I think I did NACA in like, let's see, 89, 90, maybe 91, 92. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I murdered, murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and all I remember is just, you know, Guys like you and I were making, I don't know if we're lucky. If you're a headliner in a comedy club in the 2000s and you're not a TV guy and you're really not a drawer, yeah. 
it'll give you anything between 800 and 1500 2000 yeah. if you're really starting a drawer and that's like crazy money that's like whoa right we're gonna give you we're gonna give you 1500 dollars <laughs> and you got to be here on tuesday for press you got to do uh wednesday night thursday night friday two shows saturday two shows uh or three shows and then sunday one show and you're like oh god but we plowed through it but that naka yep. You crush a NACA and they start going, okay, well, University of Wisconsin wants you for 1500 bucks for a night? For a <laughs> night? Oh my God, are you serious? Oh my God, I can pay my rent. Oh my God. And then you got to yeah. drive to Nebraska and then they'll give you oh, another 2000 for a night? Yeah, yeah. So for one year, I remember. And then I had a manager at the time that wasn't paying me. That's another whole story. Oh. So go ahead. This is this is a great journey, man. All right. So you go to NACA. Do you crush it? Some dude, or do you? I do. I do. I, I, uh, one of the years, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, 2000. Uh, I, I went to NACA na uh, Nationals a couple of times. And one year, I did have like the set of the showcase and booked like somewhere around 100 colleges. Oh my so, God. So you're banking. Yeah. You're banking. I, I, I was, but then, you know, it's like those noon gigs. A lot of them, like some of them would be a blast, yeah. but then I would have these weeks where like, I'd have to in my head on stage, be like, you're making good money. You're making good money. You're making, cause it would just be me in a cafeteria and the closest <laughs> person is 50 feet away and they're eating the sandwich and there's no advertising. My mic barely works. Like the students who booked it, like they're just checked out. They don't care. Oh, I, I, I remember one one show, I was like, are you guys kidding me? They didn't uh, sign off on something correctly. Some weird like student uh, red tapes or college red tape situation. There was a yeah. theater upstairs yeah. from where they wanted me to perform. Yeah. It's in the student union building, kind of cat, not a cafeteria, but like, I don't know, like a, a little sandwich shop. And there's just this sea of chairs and tables, little four tops and stuff, no stage. And they just got like a Radio Shack mic and speaker set and just put it in the middle. It was, it was as if I was in the corner of the Olive Garden. And they're like, here you go. Literally no one shows up. They forgot to advertise it. And I was like, I, why do I even need a mic? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stand here and talk to you three for an hour, and we're going to call it a day. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you just brought oh my god i must have i must have clearly suppressed all these memories because now you just brought back, i'm starting to sweat i'm really starting to sweat i i remember i was with this uh her name is carrie carrie brazier she was phenomenal she helped me out big time back then and i remember showing up just like you said and like well you know it's a lunchtime gig Oh, so, you know, so, okay. Noon. I got the whole day ahead of me. It's just like you said, the registers uh. are right there and <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. No, nope. pe people are in between classes and they're, mm. they're, they're like, who's this idiot with a yep. microphone trying to be funny? Like, this is annoying. Oh my God. The trials yeah. and errors of a comedian trying to make it back in the day. Good god almighty we should we should write <laughs> we should write war books these these young yes. kids have no clue the trials and turbulations we went through mr cummins wow uh, i forgot i, I remember that. one it was some community college in like western washington and they had like whatcom community i don't know some commuter school so there wasn't that many people on campus anyway but they had a, a coffee station right next to the stage and so the whole time i'm even trying to do a show to like six people they're making these like granitas. Yeah. <laughs> Triple uh, shot for Lisa. Yes, oh exactly. <laughs> so like after that, getting to headline clubs, you know, I wasn't, then I kind of dipped money wise where I tried to focus on clubs, you know, and try to build some kind of following, did some late night stuff like that. And, and, um, but never could, you know, I got, had an hour special on Comedy Central, I think in 2010, and it was it was received well, but it didn't turn into fans showing up, you know, many of them at the show. Right. Actually, what, what randomly saved my career, I was probably going to be about done in 2015, 2016. I was kind of working as a producer and 
reality television now. I, I moved down to L.A. to try to get something started. What what and, what, uh, what um what what reality shows like were you starting to get involved with? I I worked uh, such a it was such a random thing. Uh, Duck Dynasty, Porter Ridge, Town of the Dead, all these like through Gurney Productions is where it started, and it was um. It came from a stand-up thing. It was so random how this business works, as you know. But like, I did this sh- Showtime show in Amsterdam. It taped in Amsterdam. It was called Red Light Comedy. It was supposed to be like edgy comedy from around the world. I the set didn't do anything for me, but a guy who directed like the little interstitials of things they would show in between the clips. This guy Todd Herbitz, he thought it was funny that I missed my rehearsal set in Amsterdam. Because I didn't realize I was supposed to do one, and I got really high on mushrooms. <laughs> and w- <laughs> when they approached me to do it, I'm like, "There's no way. Like, I can. I'm barely <laughs> holding on right now." <laughs> he he loved psychedelics. Thought that was funny. We got. He's like, hit, "Hit me up when you get back to LA." He was doing a lot of hidden camera stuff. He had worked on Punk years before. Oh wow! The little things I I did with him, you know, hidden camera, some uh, just some little sizzles. They didn't go anywhere. But then when he got a job at uh, Gurney Productions, and he was working on the show called Porter Ridge for Discovery Channel. He's like, you know what? Uh, I like that Cummins guy. He's, he's like, and he brought me in, and that led to a, a whole bunch of shows. So I would do those like Monday through Thursday and try and sneak in gigs Friday, Saturday. Oh, and, wow. uh, and they wanted me to go further into that world, and I didn't really want to, but stand-up wasn't really doing that well. And then so crazy, but Pandora, of all places – I didn't know that I was spinning really well on Pandora huh. and Pandora approached me and like it was something around 2015, 16. They're like, you're one of like the top 10 comics on Pandora. Wow. And I was like, what? I didn't, I had no idea. Truly had no right. idea. Right. I, got, I signed up for royalties through this thing called sound exchange sound and exchange. that saved my butt. Like I would not, I, I probably would have been done if that hadn't have happened. And then people started to come out to shows, not a ton, right. Some but, from Pandora. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, and then, and then that, and that gave me, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So the reality shows, like, what are you doing on duck dynasty? Like when I say you're producing, like what, what are you, what exactly, what part of you are, what do you produce in there? Are you putting together? Are you trying to book guests? Like, what do you, I'm always fascinated with that. No, one. it was, I was like a, a consulting producer. I think it's what the, what the title was, but it was yeah. pre-production and, and what they did in the, in the reality world, I remember talking to a bunch of guys that worked on earlier shows like the OC and stuff. Yeah. In the initial initial reality show days, it really was pretty real. They would just send a, a bunch of camera, you know, a camera crew to hang out by these personalities, and they would film them day after day, all day long for months, and then they would go into the editing bays later and build the show. And they would just mm. have to sift through thousands of hours of footage. And they figured out that that was really expensive mm. and a really hard way to make a show. Right. And so what they started to figure out was hire people like me. And what we would do is we would familiarize ourselves with the characters and you would just submit uh, stories like, you know, uh, outlines of stories like an A story, a B story, right. sometimes even a C story that would all dovetail into the end, you know, depending on the show. Yeah. And you would just set up, okay, they're going to be at this uh, car lot here, and so-and-so is going to buy a truck. And then their brother is going to be jealous. And you know, and then later the brother's going to borrow the truck, and he's going to crash it. Uh, and and he, it's going to lead to this like you know situation here. But you would just write all these beats so that they could film four or five days. You know, right. the, it, it's, still, it's still real in the sense that it's things those people probably would be doing. Right. But – but with a little more drama, a little more conflict, and that way they can spend, you know, four days filming and already kind of know how they're going to edit it later as opposed to, uh, you know, months All and that, months yeah. and months. It just it just came down to money. Yeah. There was um, a project I was working on. You ever play the Stress Factory in New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vinny Brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vinny. Um. <laughs> I, love, I love that guy. I love, I love his crowd work. Sorry, just really quick. It, I joke with friends. He is such a sweetheart, but I love that he is, you know, he openly is hard, is hard of hearing, but likes to do crowd work. And so it is this amazing thing to watch where he's like, so, uh, so what do you, what do you do there, sir? What do you do there? Huh? What's that? 
Sorry. And and then other people from the crowd, and then other people from the crowd. He said he was an accountant, and and then he moves on. Ah, oh, gosh, it kills me. It kills me. And yeah, he still he, makes it funny. He does still make it funny. I started following. So he, I thought we can do a, a reality show together because he, yeah, uh, he his family is all part of the business. And before even that, he used to have his mom there. He has his kids wow. there. His wife. Um, X X in laws, and I'm like this is the greatest reality show wrapped around a comedy club and blah blah blah. And I, I it always baffled me that now that it didn't didn't go. I also back then yeah was like Vinny, please don't pitch this to anyone. And he he eventually we eventually found a company, but they were like we need to we need the bartender to fight with. The staff, I'm like, dude. Yeah. Can't you just? There's so much here already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would watch this every single night, just between Vinny and the comedians coming in. Yeah. So you can't. Oh my god. And we keep talking uh, about. Yeah. Like, we should redo it again. And I told Vinny, I said, you know, at this day and age, you don't need producers. Just put it on Instagram. Put it on. Film yeah. it, whatever. So. Yeah, I'm always. I, I tried a similar thing. And did you did you ever work for um, Craig Glazer in uh, Kansas City? It was so it was not the Improv. It was Sanford and Sons. Mm, I don't think I did. I don't. Oh, I, I heard man. of it, and I heard the place was. I I heard of the place, and I yeah. I, I'm gonna say no, and I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings. But I'm pretty sure I did not. But I heard of it. What were you gonna Johnny say? Johnny Dare. Johnny Dare in Kansas City would talk about him a lot. They were business partners and some stuff, the, the radio guy there. But yeah, I tried Johnny, to pitch a similar yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tried to pitch a similar thing with Craig because he was completely insane. Like it was him and his two brothers. They're all passed away now. Uh, but they were, you know, all of them had been in prison for various things. Their dad ran for the mayor and was like, and they were all like super pervy. Um, well, all, 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 most of them were Craig was especially like, you know, he's this guy, he's, I don't know, 60 at this time. And he's only dating like, you know, uh, uh, strippers in their early twenties and he's driving like a, a <laughs> tiny little car, like all the classic stuff. He's got the toupee. He's got the gold medallion. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he would get in like at that age, he would still get in fist fights with his brothers. Like there would be a show going on in their showroom and they're right. fighting, like physically fighting at the bar. <laughs> And just like madness, all the time madness. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't. I, I, I couldn't do anything with it. So, do you ever have a desire to do something like that again, like produce actual shows? You know, not not really. Actually, it's like I, I did it, got it out of my system. Yeah. But, um, I'm I'm really loving podcasting and all the different kinds of things you can do with it. Yeah. Where it's like, like I love like okay, as a comic. You know, I got a, a second show with my wife that has nothing to do with comedy. It's uh, like ghost stories, basically. Supposedly true tales of the paranormal. I love Stephen King as a kid. We get this show scared to death to go. And I'm like, you know, and, and we can make a living on that. And I'm like, this is so cool where you just have these ideas. And if enough people like them, you can make good money. And so I actually, when I have this year off of touring next year, I'm thinking about just random other podcast ideas and also making our podcast better, but I'm, I'm having fun with this little playground of just being able to do it yourself right now. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I still, I used to have all these show ideas Yeah, and I still have in my head, but I don't want to, I, I'm never going to Hollywood and going, Hey, uh, I just, I'm never going to do it. I don't want anything to do with Hollywood whatsoever, but yeah, like you said, the podcast world has opened up all these doors, which I'm now discovering like there's there's two or three shows that I'm like let's slowly develop them and what's the worst thing that happens they suck yeah. and then we talk about how much they sucked and how much this thing flopped right. and it's all just everything's entertainment at this point it's such a yeah. it's such a cool place to be but I do have I do have desire to to put some stuff together <clears throat> who knows I might reach out to you Dan maybe we collaborate one day yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love with podcasting. With you can do proof of concept, like depends on the show, but like through YouTube or through podcast, right. something 
you could do a, a toned down version or some kind of version of a show. Right. People like it. And then it's just such an easier thing, theoretically, where it's like, hey, I don't need to pitch this around and beg you and, and do these, you know, one sheets. It's like, here it is. People yep. like it. Do you want to do it or not? Yep. And, and that that's what I did. There was this whole concept I had. I wrote a, wrote a script. I haven't wrote a script in years. You know, was it a great script? I don't know. But I used the real people in it. And we did a whole read through on my Patreon page. And yeah. They they didn't the, the actors did not do well because they're not actors, but and I kind of lost. I was like, ah, I lost my whole thing. But now it's rejuvenated. Now I'm like, oh, I got a studio. It's not really perfect or ready yet, but it's um, it's really this podcast world has opened up so many doors where we just don't have to talk. We can discover one another. We can yeah. start creating these shows and different little yeah. outlets and channels. Um, we just started this, we're, we're launching a channel where it's almost, Hey, you wanted to see me, uh, like, or you, Dan, I've got so much footage of the days when I started and like, yeah, that's awesome. I have, I have a set of me in Newport, Richie in 1989. I had no right being on stage, like in a restaurant, like I'm going to dump that on. Here, go yeah. to this page. You want to watch this? You got one month to watch this. I got my dangling cross earring and my capizio pants <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. Silk shirt. It's um. Thank God that we're able to have this at this time and age in life, and it's really cool. So, all right, I'm loving this journey. So now you're in the <laughs> you're in the world of reality TV. Yeah. And you're not really in the stand up. You're kind of dancing back and forth. Are you married at this point? This is like uh, mid so, 2000. So no, that's 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 after. So I got yeah, I got divorced in 2010. Okay. And that's when I went down to LA. And then I was down there until 2016. And so really like the reality shows like 2012, 13, 14, kind of in there, bouncing back and forth with stand up too. And then um Meet my wife now. She was a costume designer and uh, worked in the wardrobe department of various shows. Met her at a Nickelodeon was doing a show called Mom's Night Out, and she was like, "Oh yeah, wardrobe." Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. she it was, was wardrobe show, right? That I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I did that one. I think I, I think I might have. I think I did one episode of that possibly. Yeah, yeah. They they opened it up initially like season one was just moms, and then they're like, okay, we got to open it up to. Just people who can talk about kids or whatever. Right. And right. We filmed it yeah, in New it York. I it feel was... like I filmed it in New York. I, I'm pretty sure yeah, they I did it in LA, New York, New York uh, Chicago, Atlanta. I think they did like six or seven cities. Yeah. And I did, yeah, well, one of the LA ones um, and met Lindsay, my wife now. And then we start dating, getting serious. She meets the kids. It's like, it feels really good. Uh, and then we wanted, and now like uh, my son Kyler wanted to come live with us and I didn't want to split the kids up. So I'm like, no, you know what? We'll come up with you. And then that way, you know, mom, dads, you know, stepmom, uh -oh. stepdad can all be in the he same area. Up. Oh, I, oh, there uh, you go. You're back. You're back. Go ahead. So okay. now what? So, so we, we, you know, I, uh, tell, you don't want to split Kyler, the kids like, up. You didn't want to split yeah, the kids yeah. up. So, so we'll go up there, but we didn't have enough money for a down payment on a house. And then the most random thing happened. I got this audition for the playboy channel. I didn't even know that was still a channel. And it was, either. they had a thing called the, they had a thing called the Playboy morning show. And it was this weird variety show Monday through Thursday, where it's like, you would have you know, good guests, actors, different people coming through. And then there would be models and stuff too. It was just this wacky show. And I got it. And that is what gave us the money to buy like a house up here. I just, so, so funny to me that uh, a Playboy show let us buy our family home. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I and remember, it, it, I remember yeah. Vinny Brand was actually asked about that as well. And he called me, he's like, Jim, I got his thing with the Playboy and they're doing like sketches yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I vaguely remember that. All right. So now you got cash, you got a house, you moved but to middle of nowhere. To Amazing yeah. place. Gorgeous place. And then, you know, I still had some royalties coming in for stand-up stuff, but I was worried about, I still wasn't really drawing I was getting booked, but you know, like those weeks you talked about, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, thank God, I put all my energy into Time Suck, and it took off, and people started showing up at shows, 
And then it was just like the the best kind of career years I've, I've ever had where it's like, you know, we started selling out clubs, adding shows, uh, led to doing a little theater tour, led to getting like an advertising deal with Sirius XM. And it just, yeah, just changed our lives just um, after we moved to Coeur d'Alene when I thought I was probably on the way out. So it was yeah. uh, last last five, six years were very surprising. You found your happy place. So how yeah. did how did how did the whole COVID madness um, how did that work into the world that you're at now? It was perfect timing for us where the shows were just building momentum, uh, scared to death in times like right before COVID hit. I was definitely freaked out where standup was really big, picking up steam. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. But then when things shut down, we had to focus on podcasting. Yeah. And, and, and actually looking back, that's kind of why I'm taking this next year off because it, it ended up being the best year we'd ever had. Yeah. I was just, you know, I wasn't spread, spread too thin. I really just put all my energy into that world. And we, that was the best growth we ever had. We built out our merch store, built out our Patreon. It was, it actually, I, I actually kind of loved uh, having a forced year off, you know? Yeah, I, I did too. I look back at now as probably one of the, the most intense times, but probably one of the best times ever had in my entire lifetime. I, I built such great relationships yeah. during that time. I got so close to people. It gave me a whole different outlook on life. I already had. It kind of freed me from a lot of things um, and continues to free me from a lot of things. And I got to say, it's it's been an amazing journey. Um, That's awesome. So what... Where would you uh, like everyone to go check out now? Because the podcast sounds like the coolest thing going on. That that seems like where your true passion's at. So you have the scared yeah, to death fun. with your wife, which is cool that you get to do this yeah, with your wife. Yeah. What a cool yeah, thing to yeah, do. Yeah, great. And then your podcast, your personal Is that path. Time Suck? Yeah, Time Suck is the one that's just, just the solo one with me. Yeah, just Time Suck with Dan Cummins. Awesome. And are you doing any shows coming up that everyone could go I check am. you out? I am. I'm honoring the dates that I, you know, had on the calendar when I kind of changed things up and I, I'll be in Buffalo. I'll be in, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I'll be in Virginia beach, be in Chicago at the, uh, I think it's like the three, one, two comedy festival they're having there at the Vic theater. Oh yeah. And then, and then I'll be in, uh, my last show is going to be in Honolulu. So I'll be in Hawaii in in January and then I'll take a little break. Have you been in Honolulu? Have you played that gig yet? No, I was supposed to. Uh, and then COVID, yeah uh ruin that one but i have not yet and i uh i'm hoping it's a blast uh hawaii is the only state i haven't done a show in yet oh wow okay well i'm sure it's gonna go great man well i wish you great journeys man i hope to see you again i hope we uh reconnect and maybe oh, thank we'll, you we will redevelop maybe i'll come on the on the podcast one time if you have guests if you're into that uh, yeah, the- you know what? I haven't had guests yet, but I think I'm going to start doing that in the downtime, like restructure some bonus episodes to be guest friendly, you know, just uh, just because, again, there's no rules. It's just what we want to do. It really is no and, rules. Uh, there, there is no rules. Yeah. And then it's, it's again, everything you want and how you want it. You know, once in a while, I'll put something out there and it goes crazy. And then yeah. everyone's like, you need to do this over and over. And although sometimes that's what people demand, I don't like going in the world of what everyone's demanding. I like going, you know, totally. I, I need to, I like doing that, but I also like doing this and I like doing that. And I don't care if people aren't into yeah. this. This is, if, it, if I ain't happy, then the world ain't going to be happy. It's really that simple. Well, you got sold out, you got sold out shows. You got, you know, uh, specials on YouTube that have millions of views. So it's working. Yeah. You know, you're we- doing what you want to do is working real well. We're doing well. So do you have a website? Is it dadcummins.com or? Uh, it's dancummins.tv. Yeah, some some Kentucky car dealership stole the com. Really? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what his name was. Is that his name at least, we hope? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, it is. It is. All right, so we won't <laughs> we won't bash the guy. He just like, hey, nah, man, nah. I, didn't, I didn't know there was another guy, a comedian. What are you asking me for? So, <laughs> right. Bro, it's a pleasure talking, man. It's great talking to another comic, too. Thank it's you. Been, been through the madness and still survives the world. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I look forward Thank to checking so much. out. Yeah, man. Thank you. Have a good one, Dan. You too, Jim. Dan Cummins, everyone. Go. Uh, I'm going to check out his. I, I'm not a big, like I said, I'm not a big podcast guy, but I'm going to turn my kids on too. My kids love being scared and ghost stories and all that jazz. I love that he's doing something with his wife. I used to, <clears throat> I used to do 
I used to have my wife on the show and we do like the marriage warriors. I think and this is when I was trying to figure out the podcast world. This had to be, I don't know, 2000, who knows? Seven, I, I don't even remember. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know, 18, 19, whatever it was, maybe earlier. And we started like bickering. And I was like, okay, we're not going to. We're not doing this. I'm like, I'm not going to bicker for the whole world to see. And then, and then you have the world deciding who's right and who's wrong. Like, you know, at this, some things just need to be private. Um, so with that said, it's great to be back in the studio. Uh, we're working on really cool stuff. There's, I'm going to release uh, a bunch of stand up. We'll call them specials, but I have so much on film. Uh, that are nostalgic and we'll, we'll let you know when all that's going down, we're gathering so much footage between the Metallica tour, my past tours and all stuff that if you're interested, we'll show you the outlet for it. Where we were trying to, we were trying to figure out what do we do with all this material? Do we just, you know, start to sporadically show it on the page? Do we make a whole thing of it? Or we just show little pieces, we bring it here and then say, if you want to watch the rest, go in that direction or go in this direction, whatever it is. So um, one thing I do want to tell you in closing, I cannot reiterate, I've been saying this over and over and over and over again. Do not watch the news for real information. The news has lied repeatedly for pretty much most of your life. So why would you begin to believe everything they're showing you right now? Now, I'm not saying uh, people aren't getting hurt or, or things are not going down, but I am going to tell you, I will never, ever, for the rest of my life, believe in anything a corporate news organization ever puts on the television or spreads in the paper ever again. They have created and, and, and got emotionally people, they, they create emotions that make you violent, that make you angry. Um, they will force you to want to murder and kill be resentful. And that's pretty powerful. And I've always said they all, they all should be held accountable for, for criminal action to all our thought processes. They are mind control. And every individual that's every, that ever spread it, that ever scripted it, that ever funded it should be held accountable. There's always something bigger um, that comes up. You know, let's not forget what happened in Maui. Let's not forget what happened here in our own home territory. Let's not forget what's going on at the border. Let's not forget. Because it's real easy to forget when they put on the front line uh, violence, whoever's involved, because that's what controls humanity, fear and violence. And the minute you become fearless, the minute you take a couple steps back, detach your emotions, it'll be so much easier for you to see and so clearer. You can see the beauty in life, and you could see the pure demons that run the news outlets. They are demons. Our politicians are demons. Do yourself a favor and look at every politician and how much money they have. And then ask yourself, where'd they get that money? Especially when it comes to war. Who's making money for war? And I've said this multiple times too. Don't involve me with any war 
that our so-called government or other governments started or part of or a funding with my money, your money, and they try to get our emotions to back it, you're the one out there doing everything you can, whether you're a single mother, you lost a husband, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can, you're blue collar, you work so damn hard in your life because that's a system they put us into. They stick your children in a, in a, in a classroom for hours to, to try to suck their energy and their creativity only to push them out into a world that has been manufactured. And then we go out as slaves and we work. And some of us think we're free because we make millions of dollars, whatever. But you're not. And what kind of, if, if I were to tell you, hey, you know what? You're going to go out and work every day. And you're going to give me almost half your salary. And I go, what do you get out of it? Well, I get to go create wars and do whatever I want and tell you and your children that I can slaughter them at any time whenever I want. And I could do whatever I want with your money. Would you, would you accept that if that was just an individual? Well, we're going to have to start accepting that that is what runs our lives. The great Bob Marley said something that resonated so powerful. All governments are illegal. I never understood that statement, but now I do. Be careful getting drummed up in the words of war, especially if it's considering taking your child. Your child. If our administration has an issue, they should ask we the people. We, the people, will decide how to run our lives. And for all of you that still get upset and try to put front and center January 6th, let me explain something to you. That has nothing to do with politics. You should be more concerned, why did people feel that way? It wasn't because of one man. Absolutely not. That's a great distraction of the riots that happened prior to it. Not demonstrations, riots. And they're going to pretend that never existed. That was one of the most violent, disgusting, vile times in, in our history. And there's been many of them. Many of them. And here they go again. Stop watching the news. Find the beauty in life. Get out in nature, talk to a neighbor, no matter what their political views, because politics is just mind control. That's all it is. And when you realize when people are just all about politics, I, I call them casualties of war. <clears throat> They're casualties of psychological war. So teach, teach them and treat them with tender care and love and find the things that connect humanity. We have so much to offer one another. But I'm begging you, unplug from those demons and your life will begin to be so much better. Hey, man, I wish you all the best. I can't wait to see you out there on the road. Um, and I love you guys. I love your comments. I love everything you have to say. Your encouragement is so huge. You have no clue. I went through, um, I went through some stuff the last couple weeks. Um, it was very, very difficult for me to, because I've been doing this for a long time. And when you come across certain individuals that are, that are not very pleasant, and do very, what I would call disturbing things behind the scenes. It's hard to stay a godly human being or a moral human being. Um, but I do, and I will continue to, and I'll let them wallow in their own 
madness because that's the best you can do. Not engage with demons, not engage with people that are constantly looking for confrontation. And you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. Keep love and light in the forefront. I'm telling you, life is beautiful. You just got to find the beauty, and it is all around us. Thanks for hanging out in the Bruniverse. We'll see you next week. Jim Brewer, and I got my own Patreon page, and hopefully you'll check it out. Live comedy concert streamed once a month. Early access to the Bruniverse podcast every single week, and have bonus footage and bonus segments. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Go check out my official Jim Brewer Patreon page, and I'll see you there.